Hey, Yohanyaks, welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast, bringing you your first dose of weird this week. And today we are going to be covering a very fun recent adventure of mine, and that is my Tesla test drive, why everyone should go and at least test drive one, and why I think we should all seriously consider uh, one in the future, whether that's near or far, why I seriously have considered one. But before we jump into that, I want to start off today's episode with a quick reminder the Flamin' Hot Fiesta is around the corner and uh, just coming up sometime in the next couple weeks. So be sure to send in your recommendations. Uh, I'm going to be doing the uh, the Ghost Pepper Nugs from Wendy's, Burger King, and Burger King, as well as Flamin' Hot Cheetos, Flamin' Hot Mac and Cheese. And then my wife sent me a recipe for how to make a Flamin' Hot Funnel Cake out of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So we're going to try and do that. Uh, the bell of the ball, though, is going to be the Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. That's what I'm going to be drinking going to taste test it and then just going to peruse through, maybe maybe just talk about stuff or if you guys want to send in questions or if you want to suggest that I try and answer trivia questions while doing it, almost make it our own version of hot ones. But at the very least, you're going to get to uh, see me experience Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew, which I think we all agree is probably going to be disgusting. So uh, let's jump into this though. Today's recommendation is Matt's Off-Road Recovery on YouTube guy who lives in southern Utah, out in like Zion area, and a couple years ago just started recording his uh, off-road recoveries. People go out in the desert and they go on these uh, you know dirt sand trails and things like that out in Utah and they get stuck because they rented a Hyundai Sonata and it's crap and it's buried and so they have to call him, come out and get him, and he, it's actually really, really entertaining. My dad has found this and put, put me onto it, so I'll link to his channel down below. It's really entertaining. Dude, at 700k subscribers, uh, gets millions, you know, over a million views on a lot of his most popular videos. If not, he's up in the upper hundred thousands between half a million and a million. And it's insane. It's like he just started doing GoPros. And the, the best part about it is he has a 1990s Jeep Grand Cherokee that he just basically lifted and like put all new suspension and tires on. But it for in a lot of ways is really mostly original in terms of like the interior and stuff and the, and the engine and everything. It's just made it so it has off-road capabilities. And it's hilarious to see this little V6 going out there and pulling out these big trucks and stuff like that. And so it's a lot of fun. Go check it out. There's some entertaining stories and situations to see them get in and out of. And he's pretty entertaining. But that's today's recommendation. But without wasting any more of your precious time, let's get into my terrific Tesla test drive. So if you don't know it, uh, Tesla, if you're in Oklahoma... Um, Oklahoma City has a Tesla gallery is what they call it. It's not a dealership. I'm sure they would have, because, I mean, as you know, right now you purchase a Tesla either used or you just order it directly from them and you build out your own. So yeah, you're spending 50 or $60,000, but you're getting, you're getting a basically custom vehicle, if you will. But anyways, gallery, not a dealership. The guy even said at one point when I, when I just wanted to inquire about costs, he was like, yeah, technically we're not even allowed to talk about prices, which I thought was interesting. So the whole point of it is to introduce people to Tesla because the hardest part about trying to revolutionize, uh, the, the, the car culture is, um, especially with viable, what I call viable EV vehicles, electric vehicles that was redundant EV vehicles, electric vehicle vehicles is, getting people to buy it. Cause anytime you try to do some major culture shifts or something brand new, the hardest thing is like, like, why am I going to get something you like? You don't know what you don't know. Like with disco potty, 
which I've mentioned here before. It's a little toilet light, so when you go in in the dark, you don't have to flip on a light or just try and shoot blindly and pee all over everything if you're a guy. Um, it's a little motion sensor light that gently lights up the bowl so you know exactly where to aim. So in the middle of the night or early morning, it is awesome to use. And now I can't live without it. And it's like a $10 thing you can get on Amazon or at Walmart. Um, just look toilet light or disco potty was the original one I found and that's the best name, but it's kind of like that. I never realized. And I saw disco potty. I was like, that's funny. Let's try it out. It's like five bucks. And then I was like, Oh, this is a big deal. It's the same sort of thing. Uh, same sort of hump that you have to get over. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. So the best way to do that is to be open and open and transparent and like, no, come drive our vehicles. And that's what the gallery is, is like, they want you to set up test drives. They want you to ask questions. And yes, you can go and test drive a Tesla and, um, you know, it's 50, $60,000 car and cruise around and, uh, have a great time. My wife and I went and did it a couple weeks ago. So if you're in the area, definitely call ahead and Ask them and say, hey, set up a time, go and test drive it because it's incredible. Leland, if you end up listening to this, um, I would love for you to submit your review or maybe I'll just bring you on. So if you have driven a Tesla and you want to talk about your review personally, I'd love to do a follow-up episode where we either you send in short little snippets of or we sit down and have a longer conversation about it. Because I'll tell you, going into this, I was skeptical, right? I was like, I mean, Tesla's saw more of, more of a status symbol than anything else and really... I was like, I mean, yeah, my biggest complaint is it was it, for me, it's only a round town vehicle, which I still kind of maintain that premise is that it's really kind of a get around vehicle. You're not, you're not getting this for your long road trips, which I mean, why would you even look at that and be like, yeah, because my biggest complaint was, well, I can take five minutes, fill up my tank and I can go another three, four, 500 miles, depending on if my car or my truck and and be good to go down the road, right? So for road trips, that's better. With this, I have to figure out charging stations and stop for you know 20 to 30 minutes and and try and get the charge up to me to the next station. And it's all this, you know, I'm just like, ah, just, you know, it feels like a lot. And also they're pretty expensive up front and these batteries are, you know, it's all this lithium. And when they go bad, we don't have a good way to dispose of them. And how long do they last? And all this stuff. And so I was really like, eh, for thee, not for me. Like, I don't really need a Tesla. Well, my dad went and tested one with my sister. And then he was like on the verge of getting one, but it was a six month wait and they needed a car now. And then we went and test drove and I kind of joined the club, if you will, where I'm, I'm, I'm at least pro Tesla. And I'm not saying like, yeah, it's right for everyone to go spend 50 K, which I think your entry level comes in at like 40, 35 or 40, but that's like the basic base model. It's like when you look at cars and they're like starting at, and you're like, Oh yeah, it starts at that. If I literally get the most bare bones model, literally even I remember I was uh, building in a Subaru Outback on their website. It's like starts at 26, eight or something. And literally if you click that model to build it out, it immediately jumps up to, I think 28 or 29 just with standard features. And I'm like, so why are you giving me a price that doesn't even have standard features? This is silly. And I think we can all agree with that, but kind of the same thing where they're single motor. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, model three, the sedan one is, uh, is like 35 or 40 or something, or maybe 45. And, but it's a single motor and it doesn't have a very long range, but, um, yeah. So anyways, go set it up. If you haven't, I highly encourage it because there's no, it's literally no pressure. These guys aren't salesmen. They just want to get you information and get you introduced because that's what it takes to kind of shift the culture like they want to shift. And I believe it is possible. So, uh, that's, I mean, 
Tesla, first of all, has changed the electric vehicle game because they like the Model Y. That's what I'm talking about. That's when we went. It was, it was kind of like the mid to compact SUV, and uh, you can get you can seat up to seven. It has it has an optional third row, but you can fold it all down. It's got 76 cubic feet of uh, cargo space with the seats folded down. It's a little bit taller, so you're not like getting you're not having to dip down or anything. You pretty much sit slide straight in. It's awesome. So let's walk through this, right? We go in, we set up our appointment. He takes us out there and, and, he, and he sits us down. Let's talk about the design. Teslas are so simple yet sleek. It is the, the weirdest thing was the dashboard had nothing on it. Everything runs from your, I call it the iPad or the dash pad, the 15 inch screen in the middle, everything, all your options on your steering wheel. You have two little rolly balls, one to activate their Siri to voice. And the other one is like, if you select the mirror, adjust the mirrors through your iPad, then you move that other rolly ball, adjust the mirrors. And if you're like, okay, now I want to adjust my steering wheel, click steering wheel, use the same rolly ball. This is kind of nice, right? And so it's a little bit off-putting when you're used to normal cars. You're like, this feels weird. There's not enough, but it's everything's in the middle, right there, giant screen. And the steering wheel is even a little bit smaller than your average steering wheel. It almost makes you feel like you're in a race car. And so he walks us through all the different settings and whatnot. And, you know, with that screen, when you're driving, the coolest thing is, is it, because it has all the cameras and sensors, which this is, this actually kind of turned me over to it in, in one way. This was the first, one of the, the first notch, right? <laughs> first chink in the armor of my defense of why I, not anti-Tesla, but skeptical, right? Is it has all the sensors around. So you, so if anything happens, someone walks up and tries to break into your car, or someone door dings you. The cameras activate, record, and you get, and guess what? You basically have a 360 degree dash cam. Everything is recorded. There's video evidence. And as we've seen in certain cases where, you know, unfortunately like the autopilot Teslas or something have run in, have hit someone or whatnot. Once they go to court and they look at all the evidence, they can pull that footage and pull all those sensors and everything's recorded. Kind of think of it like body cams on cops in a lot of ways. And so you're protected because everything is recorded, but then also, um, well, that's really what it is. So that's a layer of protection that you never really thought about. And a lot of cars have those cameras now. But what it does, it also has the ultrasonic sensors. So it's kind of cool. On When you're driving on the left half of the screen or third of the screen is kind of your, your speed, your all that stuff. So it's a little bit different because it's not straight in front of you, but it's just barely off to the right. But it's really not bad because it's so big and it's right there. It's still in your line of sight. It's no different than looking straight down. You just do it at a slight angle. It builds a 3D image of like your car on the road and as cars and stuff go by and shows you how many lanes are there, it those cars show up. So there's not a blind spot to worry about ever again because you can glance at that and glance at my mirror and then glance at that and see exactly where the car is more or less. And we when we were going, I was like, okay, is this just like it shows generic car image? No, no, no. It builds, if it's a truck, it shows up as a truck. If it's a sedan, it shows up as a sedan. And they, I mean, even when you're next to a sidewalk at a stoplight, say in downtown, people show up. A motorcycle, it'll show a motorcycle. So it's really, really cool. And then on top of that, we mentioned the cameras. Well, you can, there's an option to make the other half of your screen. You click cameras and it shows you three images. It shows you each blind spot side, looking back at your driver and passenger, and then the camera pointing straight back. So say you're in tight traffic and you're trying to shoot gaps and stuff, you can turn that on and it only takes up the far half of your screen and you can be glancing at your mirrors and you can just look at that and see how close the person is behind you or how fast they're coming up. And I don't know, it just made it, so it's a, I just have to look here at the center 
Now you might say, what if the cameras fail? Well, you have all your mirrors and your driving skills. So you still rely on those and use those. However, you have another layer. It's building out. And I don't know. It kind of blew my mind. Like once I was experiencing it, I was like, oh, this is actually really great because it, it really, uh, I mean, it just gives you that another layer of like, I guess we'll call it protection or eyesight. Like I felt like I could see so much more and was has without having to try harder, I had a much better awareness of my surroundings. So that was, that was incredible, right? So that's kind of the driving. And then the other big thing that comes to, when it comes to driving is single pedal driving. And this is a mode that you can turn on or off. So they have a gas and brake pedal, but how this works is if you've ever driven a standard and say you've come off the gas and not put it in neutral, pushing the clutch and you can feel the gear and it's kind of an engine brake. That's essentially the concept is so you, you, you just use the gas pedal and it almost actively breaks and it is a legit break. Like he told us, so you push on the gas and it starts to go and there's no noise, which let me back up a little bit. First of all, your key technically is your phone, um, but they have a little, there's also a little credit card and that acts as your key. Craziest thing is you just get in with that or use your phone and it just boots up. It doesn't necessarily, there's no button to start it, no button to turn it off. Just boots up, boots down. And like, you don't have to (laughs) do anything as far as that measure goes. Um, the, the stick, the shifter is, is a little lever on the steering wheel and it, and it bounces back to the middle. So you either pop it down or pop it up uh, to go into driver reverse. And then you just press a button on the end when you're stopped to put it into park which I thought was pretty interesting, which is a similar concept to the newest Nissan Rogue that I test drove. So that's not something that's necessarily totally unique, but it it was different from what we've been used to. And I think that's something that maybe is changing at large as well. But you have that. Um, Obviously, you have the frunk, the front trunk as well. And so we'll get to kind of the the more body layout in a minute. I want to finish a single pedal driving thought. So you have single pedal driving. And I kind of talked about that. So you push on the gas and it starts to go. And then if you just blatantly let off the gas like you're used to and our muscle memory is, it'll like lurch you forward like you're as if you're 15 again learning to drive. I think we all remember that where it's the first few times we had to get used to how to, how to barely feather the brake and everyone's head is just lunging forward. It's just dunk, dunk, dunk. And it's like, oh man, if you get car sick, watch out. But so what you do is, is you push it down, get up to speed. And as you come down, I mean, you just barely gently, partially let it off a little bit and it actively kind of reverses the the gear or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but it also helps preserve your battery too because then it, it redirects power and recharges itself, but it actively breaks. And so the whole time in our 30-minute test drive, I never touched the brake once. I just did single pedal driving. And so first of all, that that's something that just you, you don't think about and then you do it and then you get used to it and you're like, I could actually dig this. It just it just forward and back, forward and back on that same thing. I'm not having to shift over and try and break or anything like that. So if I needed to stop and you said, what if you need to stop fast? Well, it is very much an active break. I'm telling you, if you're going like 35 and you just come off of it, it's going to lurch you forward. But also it has the automatic braking and stuff that'll kick in as a safety feature if it needs to break quickly. And so you, you have all those safety features. So in terms of as I was driving it, as he was talking to me, it, which by the way, for us, we went in, he showed us the ropes and then he said, all right, have fun. See you in half an hour. And I was like, are you serious? You're not getting in the car? Nothing. Nope. Let us go. We knew the area. I, Cause he asked, he said, you know, this area? I said, yeah, I know the area is downtown Oklahoma city. And I said, cool. 
So off we went. And now they might ride with you, but that's fine. I mean, they're chill and it, it was a lot of fun. So it takes the single pedal thing takes getting used to, but it is very cool. So you then have kind of the design, which is what I taught, what we'll get into, right? There's no engine in the front. So interesting note is when you do say you, you know, the front end hits something. Normally you have your transmission, your drivetrain, your engine to kind of come crunch back into you and break your legs. Uh, not to be gruesome here, but you don't have any of that, any of those components. Literally, when you look at, if you go on their site and look at it, and I'll link to the site, to the Model Y specifically, because that's the one we drove. And I would personally recommend driving, but you can drive the other one. Is you... Um, so you don't have any of that. It's the battery pack and like the, it's all, it's all be, uh, on the bottom of the car between the wheels. And so that is all your weight it weighs about 4,000 pounds. So it's a lot. And then you have your motors, which are on the axles. So those are all, that's all like the heavy duty equipment, which means all of the weight is at the, is the, your center of gravity is at the lowest point of the vehicle. And something interesting too, and I'll have to maybe pull a video, put it in the, in the link, in the description, put it in the link. But you apparently can't tip these cars over. Like their Model Ys and stuff, you can't tip them over because there's so much weight. It's all on the bottom that you, you literally try and tip them over and they won't tip over. And so there's another safety bonus that you have right there. And also makes them um, drive smoother, ride smoother a little bit. And I mean, it really is incredible. And it just, it's just something you have to experience. I'm sure you're gonna, some of you are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like now you're just trying to sell me a Tesla. Not what I'm saying at all. And we'll get to the conclusion, but just go and test drive one. Why not? Because here's the thing. Why not? If they're offering, it's free. There's no pressure, no nothing. Just like, oh yeah, we want people to test drive them, to get in and experience them and, and try and make converts. What's the harm? There's no harm. Go drive a super fancy car for half an hour on a Friday, Saturday afternoon with your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever. You're, probably not your dog. They wouldn't let that unless it's a service dog. But, <laughs> you know, just a friend. It's a blast at the very least, but uh, then you start talking about, so when you look at this, uh, well, let me continue on my test drive. Uh, Oh yeah, also super fast because you have instant power, instant torque. So we found a good on-ramp that we could, that was long, straight, wide, and didn't have any traffic, and so we were able to come to a complete stop, and you floored it. These things go. Um, It isn't, so it's not, you think like EV, like Nissan Leaf, beep, beep, like, oh, I got a little bit of power. No, these things are no joke, okay? Top speed of like 140 miles an hour, they go zero to 60, and let me pull this up, I got the site right here, zero to 60, um, Oh, it's top, top speed of 135. This is this is the long range, not the performance model of the Model Y. 0 to 16, 4.8 seconds. Uh, that goes down to 3.5 and 155 miles an hour if you get the performance, but your mileage drops from 326 to 303, which is comparable to a car of that size. So there you, I mean... You have, you have that. The driving experience is just like nothing. And then, of course, there's autopilot, which is also something that is intriguing and I would definitely use on the highway uh, and, and I think would be really, really fun. We didn't use it on this one because they don't recommend it if you're not used to it. Um, but we tried to figure it out, but we forgot to ask at least how to use the cruise control, so we didn't use that. But it's quiet. There's no noise, which is weird. And it's, like I said, it's super fast. And like when you're on the highway, I mean, my wife, I looked over, I was like 80 miles an hour, huh? And she was like, I, it just doesn't, like you barely press it. There's no noise, no growl, no lag, no downshift because there's no shifting. And it just goes. 
And so it's so crazy and it's so easy. It's, it's quite frankly very easy to go very fast, but it's also effortless and smooth. Um, other things. Oh, the, the, the glass top. So I think we've all seen that. I was a little skeptical. Turns out it's very, very tented. So it, but it makes it feel open. So I didn't even realize that the ceiling, you know, was a, was a glass like it was when I was in it, you know, we see them and I was like, man, I don't know if I want to have that. Cause I have a moonroof in my truck. And if the sun's at the, if it's noon, the sun's bright and it's summer, I close that little inside cover cause it's too much sun, but these are very, very dark tinted. So you can still kind of see out, but the sun isn't imposing on you. And we did it on a sunny day, but, um, uh, let's see. Oh, this was the other thing. Frustrating, right? So on the dash, it has a single crack, a single vent. And, uh, by the way, if you're go to my Instagram, I'm going to post just a couple pictures of like the steering wheel and then the vents and you can see what the dash looks like, uh, when I post this episode as well. So go, go over to the rambling Viking podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and you'll see the pictures with the posts. I didn't take a ton, but I did take just some of like what it looks like when you're sitting there in the driver's seat. And so it's, it's a one little crack that go that spans the whole length of the or width of the dash. And that's your AC. And what it does is it, it builds like a little 3D image and it shows the airflow coming out. And my problem was it was too much on my face and my wife, it wasn't enough on her. She, we didn't know how to change it. And I was like, surely there's a knob or something. And this was our traditional car experience. We have all the buttons, all the knobs, all the little controls everywhere. And I forgot it's all right there. Here was the coolest thing. Fully customizable AC. So you're not limited to my vent only goes this far left or this much up or this much down or is this size. Because it's that one single vent in that crack, you just touch on the screen and you can make it one solid flow. You can split the flows. You can go up and down, one up, one down, and you touch the screen where it shows the airflow coming out. You just touch that, move it up and down, left and right. Incredible. Game changer. Personally, as someone who is always needing airflow and and I like it sometimes on my shoulders and then kind of move it down here, you can move it exactly where you need it. And this might sound like small potatoes, like, oh, so I'm going to go spend 60K. No, but it doesn't hurt and it adds to the effect. And I think, I think cars would benefit from having that option, right? It just shows the, the next level innovation that Tesla does. It is just so cool. But all right, so now time to get down to the nitty gritty, right? So I, I've talked about it a little bit, but the difference, how it's revolutionizing the difference. I talked about my initial complaints and skepticism on road trips. Well, here's the thing. I was worried about A, which this is still a valid concern, but I have to stop for 25, 30 minutes to charge, and I have to do that every couple hundred miles, whereas, you know, I, my truck, I can go 500 miles on a tank, and so, and we can just long haul it, right? And it takes me 10 minutes to fill up, and then on to the next place, so it's frequent stops you can make, which if you're doing that kind of trip, I wouldn't recommend a Tesla, uh, but at the same time, Tesla's might make road trips more pleasant. And I'll get to that. So one of the things he showed me, he was like, he, Hey, where, where's someplace you want to go? And I was like, well, my brother lives in Idaho and that's a trip that we've made. It's, you know, it's 18 hours. And sometimes you split it up into two days. Otherwise it's a really, really long day. So we usually do that, but it's a long haul. And so I input that and he goes, check this out. So you input it. First of all, this is the other cool thing. It's like all on the screen and it has the maps and has everything you input it. And it plans out your entire trip, charges included, how long to charge at each station, when and where you'll be there. And guess what? It only added, now, this is pure drive time. When I say about 18 hours, it only added about an hour and a half. 
when you take into account gas and food stops on that, we'll say the Google Maps normal car 18-hour drive, guess what that Google doesn't include? Stopping for pee breaks, gas, and food, which you'd stop a couple times, and sometimes I said you sparse it up into two days. So here's the thing. It doesn't really add much time, and the... The guy, I don't want to call him, he's not a salesman, the showman, I'll call him, the demonstrator, the demo director, that is what your name is, and the, 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 the I like showman, the showman was talking, not shaman, <laughs> the Tesla shaman, <laughs> actually, it's pretty funny, so the Tesla shaman was showing me, or was talking me through this, and I was being converted, and my eyes being opened, and this was, because that was my biggest critique skepticism, really, probably, and... So it was kind of, I was kind of being converted there in that moment. And so he's telling me this and he says, and, and we do it and it says, okay, you got to stop in Amarillo, got to stop in here. And then you stop in here and he goes, and it tells you, you know, a lot of this one's 25 minutes. The longest charge time I saw was 45 minutes. Now what he tells you, a, I never understood why there's so many games and gimmicks. Although I thought they was cool. It was like, if you're going to make a super cool car, that's super uh, tech savvy, might as well build some fun games. He goes, this is where this comes in. You have all these games and apps. They have their own version of Mario Kart. You have streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, whatever, on that 15-inch iPad in the middle. So he goes, you stop to charge. What do we all do? We like to get out, stretch our legs, maybe take five or 10 minutes. If it's at a gas station, you go to the bathroom, grab a snack. Then if you still have 10 minutes or 20 minutes, for me, I come out and say, that's an anime episode. I could crank out some shows and whatnot. And then he, and then one further. So I'm like, okay, that's actually not that bad for stops. Yes, I stop more, but what that makes me is that makes me more fresh when I arrive because he says, you know, these long eight, 10 hour trips, you just stop once real quick and you get there and you're beat and you're so tired and the day is gone. Even if you get there at say five or 6 PM, it's like, you just, you grab some McDonald's, go to bed and he goes here. It might take you another hour. You get there at six or seven, but you're fresh you could maybe do a short, go out and have some dinner, something like that. And I was like, huh, interesting. I'm not necessarily full stop sold. I'm like, oh yeah, totally. But it did kind of open my mind a little bit to that possibility and be like, you know what? There are times where it's a little more casual and that might be worth something. Uh, and then on top of that, he said, you know, say you decide to stop for lunch and uh, you only need a 20, 20 minute charge. 25 minute charge, but you say, Hey, this is our lunch stop. We're going to sit down. We're going to eat, go in, you know, have a little bit extra of a stop. And so it ends up charging for 45 minutes or an hour. Well, that could alter your trip too. And say, well, guess what? Now I can go past the next stop or my next charge will drop from 35 to 15 or 10 or five. And so you can do that. So I thought it was honestly And I think it's because it took the effort of having to plan all the charging and map that out and figure that myself because it did it all for me was probably the biggest point that kind of brought me over to that side and made me more willing to, to consider that from, from that standpoint, as as far as your road trips goes. And I mean, obviously there's the, the big question of like, well, are charging stations, you know, are they too far and few between possibly. So that's, that's another consideration where that infrastructure is not fully built out yet, but talking about charging. This is another point of the Tesla, and once we start talking price, we'll bring this back up. But your average cost of gas, tank of gas, on my Civic, which is a 13-gallon tank right now, it's about it's a little more than 30 bucks, 35 bucks. I do 100% gas because it's an 06, and I'm a snob, and I'm like, yeah, it helps with longevity. It, it, it was before the corn oil stuff was all big, so 
Uh, that's what I do. That's just me. And so, yeah, I pay a little bit more. But even then, say on the cheapest end, it'd be 28, 30 bucks, around 30 bucks. And that could get me, if I'm on a road trip, it get me 400 miles. But on average, it gets me a little more than 300. Honestly, pretty close to the same that the model, long range Model Y gets. And the big difference here, so it cost me to fill up and be full and ready to go on a tank of gas, cost me 30 bucks. You're looking less than 20 bucks is what I'll say on average. And you could be, you know, anywhere from, I, I, I pulled up this site, it's called, and a link in the description, coststudy.com. So it says, you know, utilizing level one or two battery charger to charge your Tesla in your home will cost about 15 to $18. So it's about 14 cents per kilowatt hour. Now I don't know all the math and logistics of that and how that pans out, but I do know just on a basic standpoint, if so, yeah, it's taking a little bit longer, but say that cost me 10 bucks. That one cost me 12 bucks. That's going to cost me if I have to stop more, but at the same time, if every time I fill up, it's less. So I, it may not be as much saving as much. And I'm not going to do the legwork to do the math. But if I have to stop five times instead of two times, so that two times cost me 60, 60 bucks. But that five time cost me 50 or 55 bucks. You know, it's like pretty close. But overall and in the long haul, I'm going to save even that five or 10 bucks on that one trip is going to be less and less. And the other thing too, that's interesting. Imagine every morning you went out to your car, you had a full tank of gas. That's the equivalent of, you know, a Tesla. You plug it in at night, it's fully charged. You have 326 miles through Model Y long range. Every single day you wake up. And now you say, well, that costs me because it's charging up. Yeah, but it's 14 cents per kilowatt hour. I mean, equate that to topping off your tank every single day. And I, I guarantee you'd be about the same per day cost because the then that's one of the culture shifts I was talking about because instead of waiting till your tank gets low and then you go and fill it up and it's a bulk cost it's that day to day breakdown so maybe what I do is I try and fill up my my tank at the end of the day every week or something which would actually come out to pennies on the dollar and be kind of silly and unnecessary depending on the day so I haven't fully fleshed that out but from what I can tell all in all you do pay, you do pay less long term because it's cheaper to charge than it is to fill up for gas especially in this Biden America Biden economy right now that we got and let's go Brandon is with with all these rising gas prices and inflation going up almost like a dollar 20 or something in the last year 8 months uh this year alone it's insane so that's where we're at. So it's especially where electricity, the price hasn't really gone up significantly in the same sense. So yeah, you save money in that way. Now getting on to save money in other ways. Your car, every two or 3,000 miles, you, or every 3,000 miles, you're supposed to change the oil. You have to also every you know 50 or 30 or 80,000 miles, whatever, you, you know, 100,000 miles, you have to you have to change your spark plugs. You have to do that. I mean, all the services, all the maintenance that comes with an engine. And guess what? 200,000 miles is a big accomplishment for most cars. To me, that's the kind of the life of the car. But a lot of people, it's, you know, you get to 100,000 miles, you get nervous. So your average car ownership, and this is what the Tesla shaman was telling me, was that he was, it, you know, three to five years is your average car ownership. And I think that checks out. The national average is 15K a year. So... You know, you can do the math on that. So, over, you know, for us, we were driving 20K. So, that's a little bit more of a round number. So, say, let's go over that's high ball it or even low ball it, right? And say 10, 10 to 12. But either way, 
you know, 10, that's five years, 50,000 miles. You'll probably, you can go 10 years with that car. But on the other end of that, five years, 20,000 miles, is 100,000 or 10 years is 200,000 miles, right? However, here's the kicker. And this is what he quoted me. My dad said he, he heard it was something else, but we'll take mine because it's a lower estimate. He said, because I said, okay, well, you know, what about battery life and stuff like that? He said, their batteries are estimated for 500,000 miles is what they're rated for to last that long. Half a million. You find me, a car that makes it to a quarter million is a, is a unicorn, an anomaly, 300,000. That's only your Camrys, your Civics, your Corollas, things like that, that make it to 300,000. Where you look at, oh yeah, you know, 200,000, fine. Most every other car, 200,000, they're busted up, breaking down, having all sorts of problems. You don't have that. You don't have all that stuff to fix. There's no spark plugs. There's no oil to change. Literally, it was funny when they opened the frunk, the only thing was a washer fluid cap. That was, and it was kind of up in the corner. That's the only thing. And so, huh. So your only wearables, in theory, I mean, your motors and your batteries count, but those are rated pretty well. And I think, you, and they come with a warranty. I'll pull that up in a minute from the website. They come with a warranty. We'll cover that. But your only wearables are your We'll say your we'll say your axles or your wheels, tires, and your brakes. That's your wearables, and that's maybe every fifty thousand miles. So take out all of that every three months. You change. You spend thirty anywhere from twenty to fifty bucks, depending on what vehicle you have. Sometimes more if it's like a big truck. That's a like hundred bucks, eighty bucks. So we'll say twenty to fifty bucks every three months. Spending a few hundred dollars a year, at least just on that maintenance, not including when you have to buy tires and you have to do other things and other things that could go wrong on your, you know, combustion engines where you have, you know, especially over time too, their performance wanes and wears, and I'm sure the battery life will, but maybe not to the same extent. So that's, that was, that's a really interesting thing because the upkeep is totally different, is virtually non-existent. Now, they're so new, they're only eight years old, so time will tell how they actually hold up and how that actually translates, but at least on paper, and I can see in all practicality, that yeah, it does push it a lot further, so they said their average Tesla ownership is five to eight years, and so right there, you're almost doubling, you're on the next tier up, so if now you're extending that life, guess what, you start talking about justifying the price tag of say a $60,000 Model Y is because, okay, if you're looking at spending 20 to 30, that, but you're, but you're going to maybe have to replace that in five or six years, you get a Tesla in theory, right? Uh, in, and you, and you spend 40 to 60 or 40 to 50. We'll say, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. 40, 40 to 60, we'll say. So about double the cost, but it lasts you twice as long. Guess what? You don't have to go through the hassle of buying a new car now because this car is going to last you longer. And I'm all about, if you've listened to me, I'm all about, I'm all about buying something quality, spending more up front to make it last longer. And I've said here before, if I would buy a hundred thousand dollar car, say if it never, if they told me this car would be guaranteed for a decade and, and let's say, let's even say like, yeah, you wouldn't need to change the oil. You wouldn't need to do this. Well, it looks like what I'm talking about describing, I didn't ever realize it was actually a Tesla because that's virtually what you'd have to do outside of tires and brakes, which with their single pedal driving, guess what? That takes pressure off of your brakes because you're not engaging your brakes. You're engaging the motor, which is slowing it down and acting as a brake. So there you have it, folks, right? You have, oh geez, I'm in the order mode. That's not where I want to be. So let me find that real quick because I mentioned that whole warranty. What? Well, now I can't find it. 
Bummer. So, crap, now I'm all derailed. But anyway, so you start talking about, okay, longevity. They're designed to last longer. There's less maintenance and, and things to worry about breaking and upkeep. And you say, well, you know, what if you're... ECU goes down, then the whole car goes down. That's another thing, though, too. You do so- they're constantly doing it's ran by software essentially, so it's a computer. And you at home, they do over the air. It's kind of like iRobot, where the robots sit there and watch and they get their program updates, and it's a little eerie, but that your car does that, right? And it does that, gets new updates on the maps, everything, so it stays up to date. So if I if I have one seven eight years, and I'm worried about oh the latest technology, well they can update that around the software, you know. Where is, oh, here's the specs. There we go. So check this out. The warranty, basic vehicles, four years or 50K, whichever comes first. Then your battery and drive unit is eight years. The warranty, find another warranty like this on a regular car. This is another selling point of like their warranty goes forever because it's ready to go for eight years or 120,000 miles, which the 120K would probably come first for me, whichever comes first. But that's your battery and drive unit. So you're covered for up to eight years or 120K, which by the way, talk about rethinking the car culture is now looking at it as <laughs> my markers are no longer 100 or 150K or 200K. It's three, 200K, whatever, keep going, 250, 300, 400K. Now time will tell. As we see, people have them, and you know we're eight years deep from the first original Teslas, and see how long how long those are lasting. And as it becomes more prevalent, it's still too new to fully be able to tell. But the proposition, even if it's sixty percent true, right? Guess what? Well, two hundred thousand miles is guess what? I still got another hundred thousand miles left on this, easy, right? Now, in best case scenario, I go four hundred, and I'm just thinking about talking about cars having a car that for four hundred thousand miles is insane and it being normal, right? Or for 250 and it being normal, not obscure, kind of crazy, right? So let's see what else was. Mm -hmm. I think that's really kind of the biggest. Yeah, that was kind of my, my last unit. So, so we'll talk, you know, kind of pricing, right? A little bit. So we'll, Let's order now and go and see. So, because that was the thing, that was, that's kind of the final notch. It's like, okay, if you're sold to it kind of on this point, which by the way, I'm, I'm no stranger and you can fully yell this at me because I am fully in agreement. My brain works this way when it's like, yeah, 50 to $60,000 on a car. The only time I could imagine that is if I'm buying a, like a brand new nice truck or suburban for like my family. So it's kind of insane, right? Well, as time goes on, as we know, when Teslas came out, they were all 100K, these premium luxury cars. Now, they have the more entry level, and it's only going to continue. I mean, before, and I imagine in the next 10 years, you'd have one that comes in at 25 or 30, and things become cheaper as more people own them, and they have more market share and things like that, and they figure out more efficient ways to build, and you're going to have entry-level cars that are viable, like, once again, not talking Nissan Leaf bullcrap uh, or Chevy Volt, these little two toy cars that are uh, no bigger than a motorcycle, just like an enclosed one, but it's not near as, it's not with minus the cool factor. Take everything fun about a motorcycle and put it and take it away and then uh, cover it. And that's your, that's your stupid little EVs of those. But uh, another thing to think about too is 
depreciation, at least right now, is is anywhere near the same factor. Like with, we all know Subarus and things hold their value because they always brag 97% or 98% of our you know, cars sold in the last 10 years are still on the road and there, there's not much used market. Same is true here. Right now, if you go look at a used one, it's just as much or a little more because the demand is so high. It's a six-month wait to order um, before you get. And then, uh, so it's like if you order it now, you, you put a deposit and it'll be up to six months currently and so if you needed it right now you're gonna have to pay a little bit of a premium so uh as far as we know at least right now with how crazy the car market is they hold their value their value is uh tremendous as far as we they don't follow the same depreciation range as other vehicles especially since they're rated to last so long and you know all those wearable parts and things so once again another notch in the transformation and changing of car culture so your Model Y, right? You have, it's interesting when they talk about potential savings and when you're on the site here, I, I challenge you go to build one and there's two tabs. It says purchase price and potential savings. So when they're estimating incentives and gas savings, because that's the other thing I'm pretty sure in some places you can get some kind of like tax rebate for owning an EV and whatnot. But just in general, think about the, the, all the maintenance costs and then your, your gas costs adding up, they could save you thousands a year. And over the course of the life of the vehicle, that difference, it could almost surmount to be that difference of, okay, I I bought a $30,000 traditional car or a $50,000 Tesla. Well, I, over the course of the last eight years, I've saved, you know, I've saved 15, $20,000. And so it, it's really equaling out at that point. So uh, we'll go off purchase price though. Model Y, and I'm going long range, starts at 56.9. So 57. I may have been, I'm hopefully not underselling. I'm just using 50 as that marker. Maybe I should use 60, but still a ton of money. And I am nowhere near ready to do that. But maybe down the line when I have a family, because come back to, remember how safe they are? Extremely safe. Arguably the safest, one of the safest vehicles, if not the safest on the road. All the driver assistance and all the cameras and sensors you could hope for. So there's no there's no blind spot on the vehicle. Not to say you still can't have wrecks, right? So it's the dual motor, all-wheel drive. That's another big seller, right? 57. It's uh, That's the one that's 326 miles, 135 miles an hour, and uh, 4.8 seconds, 0 to 60, right? And then you have your paint. And if you go anything but white, it adds $1,000, um, blue and red add $2,000. So we'll just say, um, white, that's fine with me, your wheels. So it adds $2,000 or you could go with their 19 inch Gemini, the kind of funky ones. And that actually drops you down. Oh, doesn't drop me down, I guess. Um, included or for two grand extra, I can get the blacked out cool wheels. So we're basically at 60,000. $1,000, you can get a hitch because they can tow up to 3,500 pounds. Another huge feature right there. And we talked about their torque, which is insane, Right. Uh, white interior that would cost you. So, I mean, pretty quickly you can get up to $62,000, $63,000. Uh, same with your seating layout. It's three grand to get that optional third row installed that folds down. So, depending on what you're looking for, if you're just getting the basic of basic, which in all honesty, after driving it and looking through it, it's like, I would be fine with the basic of basic. That's still nicer than most cars and fits all my needs. So, I don't need to be pushing, you know, potentially $62,000, $3,000 here. Um, so seating five, I'm still at 57 because I'm taking all the stuff that's just included. Um, that's not adding, adding a price. So now here's the big kicker. So we all know about their autopilot, their auto driving, 
That's the one that's going to cost you. And my biggest question to Tesla, should I ask the shaman this, maybe if I see him again or go in with a friend, I'll ask, is it is 10 grand to get the full self-driving capability. They have, they have, you know, your assist, your, your lane assist and your warnings, your auto brakes, your, your little assistance, but your full self-driving capability is an extra 10 grand. Now, I don't know that that's just, I think that's just a software. There's nothing actually tangible on the car they have to add. I think it's just, you get 10 grand and it kind of unlocks. It's almost like jailbreaking your iPhone in a lot of ways. So that's what would be pushing you up closer to 67, $70,000. And so it's still a premium vehicle and still a ton of money. So it's still hard to justify. You'd really have to be in the right place. And I think for me, I mean, now if this car lasts me 10 years, like I talked about, and none of that real maintenance comes into play. So, uh, you know, I end up saving money and it's like, well, if I was going to spend 30 or 40 on say an SUV or 50, because cars are that expensive now. And, you know, say once I have a couple kids and a family, this might be the ultimate family vehicle in a lot of ways, you know, but the full self-driving capability, here's what they list. You navigate on autopilot. So you flip it on and it'll drive itself. Auto lane change, auto park Now that's a huge one. It can park itself. Summon, which if you don't know, I'm pretty sure is the feature where you, you, you park it and you say, you come out the grocery store and you hit a thing on your phone and it drives up to you. It's its own valet. So that's next level. Now, is that something that I need? But no, could that revolutionize things? Possibly. If, if nobody has to go and find their car again and they all come and it's, I I think of like a pickup line at the grocery store in 15 years, everyone's just standing at the door on their phones waiting for their Tesla and they all line up. And I wonder if that would cause like a quagmire. I'm sure they'd be able to navigate each other. And it's like all the Tesla's talking to each other. It's like the kid pickup line, but at the grocery store, full self-driving computer, traffic light and stop sign control. Ooh, forgot this feature. Super helpful. When you're at a stoplight, it, so it picks up the stoplight. When it turns green, it dings. Now a pleasant ding, it just goes bing. And you go, Oh, the light's green. So, you know, there's no doubt And I'm like, wow, that's one of those small things they never even thought about, but it's so nice because unfortunately we all get distracted sometimes and we're not looking or whatnot. And so we get to, we get see that and that's incredible, right? So that is 10 grand. Um, but you know, as it, you're always going to get the updates and whatnot. Uh, so it's still, and that's still something too. The auto driving is still like, I feel there needs to be a hard shift to a lot of auto driving which I think you're seeing in general in cars. All the cars now have lane assist, adaptive cruise control. The newest Nissan Rogue, I went and looked at one, if you can't tell. They have the pilot assist or something like that, which is, they said it's everything short of like a self-driving where it can do 90% of the driving for you. And they can do all that stuff. And so they're, they're making, the newest Cadillacs have our auto driving now. So you're seeing that. And for me on the highway, it, it think about how much more you can have a conversation. You could talk about something. Yeah. You could fall asleep, but it's relaxing. It's not as engaging. So I might find myself, okay, I need to drive. Comes getting a little sleepy, but I don't, at the same time, it could keep you more fresh and you could still be alert. So, uh, looks like mine. If I'm not getting that is 56, nine. Now let's say, okay, what if you want the bells and whistles? I want a blue one. I want the cooler wheels. Um, we're going to add a hitch. I want white interior, seven person, and full self-driving. 
$75,000. So minimum of 57 and a maximum of 75. Ton of money. And you might sit in there going, oh my gosh, you might be clenching your fists or, or just in your seat like, whoa. And I'm right there with you. That is a ton of money. But I think it's something, I think it's on the horizon, right? And I, I'm at least on the side of like, I might seriously consider it if I was able to get the price drop. So let's do this. One last thing to close it out. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to count this as my Norwegian goodbye. So you can start tracking here maybe if you're tracking those, but finish it up. Let's go cheapest one, your model three. Okay. And we're going to build that out. So dual motor, I wonder, cause they talk about it starts. Let's see if we can get single motor. Let's see what the cheapest Tesla we could get is. So here we go. Okay. So what it does is dual motor, all wheel drive, long range is starts at 49.9, 50K. And that's your sedan. And I think that's really what would fit most people's needs. 353 miles, 145 miles an hour, 4.2 seconds, zero to 60. So unless you're looking for that SUV style with the Model Y, it's going to bump you up on uh, almost eight or $9,000. You could get that. And see, 50K is, to me is a lot more palatable. It's a ton of money. But we have... but. With the changing culture, you have to consider what you're getting for that money and how long that money goes, you know? It's kind of like, as a lot of you know, I sold and technically still sell Cutco knives. That's their same selling point. Yeah, the set is $1,000, but it's the last set of knives you'll ever own. This isn't necessarily the last car you'll ever own. However, it it could be. This this car will get you through the next 10 years and is and will... And will totally shift you from all the maintenance and upkeep of a current regular car is now it totally transform your car experience and the car culture. And so, hmm. but we're going minimum cost, right? Now, once again, um, when it did say 57 for that one, the potential savings were like four, $5,000 cause it was at 52 something. So they estimate $5,000 in incentives and gas costs right off the top. So Standard range plus is rear wheel drive, rear wheel drive, geez. And it is, it comes in at 44, 43.9. So that one way more palatable, actually. Your potential savings, now they say drops it to 39.6. And that's, you know, with, with the range of performance. Here's the kickers with that. So obviously you're not getting the dual motor, which like we talked about, really, I think if I'm going to get a Tesla, I want the dual motor all wheel drive. Uh, it has a lot more power, but check this out. Still 262 miles of range, a little bit shorter because it's that single motor. And so maybe you're thinking, but if it's just a round town car and you're charging it every night, that's all I really need. And that's a four hour drive too. If I need to make short trips, say if I'm being in Oklahoma city, if I need to Wichita, Dallas, Kansas city, you know, it's one or two stops. That's what I'd have to do anyways. And it's no harm, no foul, you know, no, ain't no thing. So 140 mile an hour, top speed, still fast as crap. <laughs> and 5.3 seconds, zero to 60, which is still fast. So base model, I'm not doing, wait, hold on, 43.9, 45, yeah. So you get the regular tires, the, the included, same with the black interior, all that. And then once again, the 10 grand, 43.9 is what you're looking at. So let's say, let's go, and that's the cheapest one you're doing. So which to me is a lot more palatable. And you may be saying, man, that's a lot of money. I don't spend over 20 grand on a car. Yeah, me either. But at some point though, you have to think of it, when I think of it in terms of, 
okay, I spend 20 grand on a car that has 80,000 miles. I have 120,000 miles. If I'm driving 20K a year, which is what I personally drive, but you might say 15 or 12, you know, that's six or hold on. Sorry. It's five. So that's six years. That's six years of life. If it gets me to 200 K, not including, um, what it's going to cost in maintenance and potential big repairs that'll come, especially at 150 and whatnot and do all this stuff. Or I get one of these with zero miles. It lasts me 250 to 300,000 miles. That ends up being, we'll say, we'll say it lasts me 300,000. So <clears throat> it ends up being 15 years minimal costs over the long term. It costs me way less. And so I just think I'm thinking big picture, long term here, not short term, next five years. I'm thinking next 25 years. And I'm talking in generalizations, car culture at large that becomes a lot more palatable. You spend a lot more up front. It goes a lot further. Guess what also that makes us? Less wasteful because now we're not cycling through cars like toilet paper. You get, you you buy one of these. It lasts you forever. It gets around and you're comfortable. It's nice. They, they're all getting updated and upgraded. And so the sky's kind of the limit. But yep, that's my Tesla test drive review. My terrific one, I would say. Did the Model Y. If you're in the Oklahoma area or find yourself in Oklahoma City or in an area where you where there's a Tesla gallery or even dealership, go in, test drive one. They are eager to do it. And uh, it's it seriously is awesome. Even at the very least, if you're looking at me like, yeah, man, I'm not convinced. I'm not going to get a Tesla. I don't expect you to get a Tesla. I'm not getting one. But I'm simply, my mind was open to the possibilities. And it's one of those where it's like, I knew a lot of, or I'd looked at a lot of this stuff before and said, yeah, what about this? What about that? I had a lot of the same criticism that you've had. I voiced them on here. And but once I experienced it and went through it and then thought about, okay, think about this being my day to day and my year over year, I go, yeah, I, can, I think, I think I could actually get behind this. I could actually do this. Um, and, and it does kind of transform it. And at the very least, what it's going to do is it's going to push. And we're already seeing that it pushes your regular traditional car companies to make these kinds of changes. It's pushing the marketplace. It's poking and prodding. It's innovating. And that, all, and we know at large, that's good for everything. So at the very least, I mean, now you're having the, the, the Ford Lightning and you're having actual electric vehicle or called viable electric vehicles that aren't just hokey, uh, hokey token electric vehicles. So that's my point. I really, what I want you to do, go experience it for yourself. Go through all of it. First of all, it's a ton of fun. At the very least, it's a fun little date. Go get lunch with your girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, husband, whatever. Um, and go get lunch and then go test drive or go test drive, then get lunch and you can talk about it. And it's a ton of fun. Um, you can do it. And I definitely recommend getting on the highway a little bit or finding an on-ramp and flooring it. You need to do that at least once. Okay. And say they go with you on the test drive. Just tell them like, Hey, look, I want to, I want to get the feel for this power and they'll understand. And I think they'll be totally fine because so I'm, I'm with it. I'm for it. I'm a Tesla advocate, if you will, at least in the long term. I mean, I may or may not have just copped a car on Carvana. It's not a Tesla, but because it didn't fit, doesn't fit exactly my needs, but in the future, who knows? I would definitely consider it five years down the line when say, let's say I'd hopefully I have three, maybe four kids and but I've got a family, we're settled in. I think they would be a great family car, potentially. So uh, one thing that wasn't a selling point for me, I'll end on this, <laughs> was he was, they were talking, it's like this nice synthetic leather that's like stained and rip resistant and you don't use chemicals on it, you just use like water and it, and it wipes clean. It's kind of crazy. So it's really, really cool. But he, you, uh, he said, oh yeah, and, and our leather is, it's all vegan leather. And I go, wait a minute, vegan leather? I was like, <laughs> 
I didn't say this out loud. This is all my brain. I go, oh, I actually don't want a Tesla anymore. Do you have ones with, with carnivore leather, with meat leather, with animal leather, please? Because that's my preferred one. Well, because first of all, that's leather. It's like saying turkey bacon. It's not bacon. It's turkey trying to imitate bacon or a tofu burger. It's like, no, it's just tofu in the shape of a burger. Like vegan leather, it's, it's, so it's a synthetic leather-like material that is vegan. That's what that is. It is not, it's easier to say vegan leather shirt. I'm going to be a hanyak about this. I was like, that ain't leather, homie. And actually, I would prefer the carnivore leather. If you know, you don't know me at all. It's, it's one of those awkward moments where they're like, oh yeah, it's all vegetarian too. And I'm like, well, now I don't want to go there because I like meat. So I'll see you later. Um, I actually prefer that. You know, one of those awkward moments where you think you're saying something that's like, oh, it's going to add to this because you're into it, but then you find out they're not into it. We've all had those moments. Would love for you to share those moments with me. But that does it for this episode, my Tesla test drive. I did not expect it to be an hour. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but I, I really, I mean, I laid it all out there and go test drive one for yourself. Talk to get, you. Hopefully, maybe you'll get the same shaman, but yeah, ask the Tesla shaman lots of questions. They're so nice. I recommend driving the Model Y, but Model 3 would be just fine. Uh, it's awesome. Ton of fun. Definitely worth it. At the very least, you can say you've driven a Tesla. And when you're driving, you say, oh my gosh, I'm that person that when I see that I normally see and say, wow, that person's driving a Tesla. They must be cool or super rich. And I was like, oh, people are looking at me maybe thinking that now. I mean, they probably weren't. They probably didn't care. But because I, I think like that when I see a Tesla sometimes, but now they're so prevalent. Not really. But if you have already driven a Tesla, looked at Teslas, or you have a good rebuttal or point to make either for or against it, send it in. Or maybe if you've got your own full experience, I would love to sit down and get some testimonials from this. I feel like I'm working for Tesla right now. Tesla, if you listen, Elon, if you listen to this, please uh, just, you know, I, I'd love to do a paid sponsorship here and get on the map and you could maybe shout out, shout out my podcast and get me some followers. That'd be pretty cool, but they won't. Uh, but this is how I operate, right? I find something, I get into it. I'm so intensely passionate about it. People are like, are you a salesman for it? No, I just like it and believe in it. So, and that's how I operate. So definitely would recommend go check it out. I would love to sit down and get anyone's testimonial who has test driven it. Or if you're going to let me know your thoughts beforehand. And then after we can talk about it, I think that'd be fun to talk about some Teslas, have some more episodes like this. So a little bit non-traditional dose of weird today, but Teslas are weird. They're weird. They're new. It's a different kind of car. Totally rethinking car culture, as I call it, at large. And they have shaman. So <laughs> that's what I call them, the Tesla shaman. Oh, Elon, you should do that. They, that should be like on their badge or their polo, like official Tesla shaman. It's on their LinkedIn. That would be amazing. Uh, if you have any or creative names for the guys at the gallery or the dealerships or wherever, Check it out, but go check out their website. I linked to Tesla's website. Mine, uh, I'll just take you to the homepage. You can navigate through there, look at the Model Y. Uh, also do that price guide because it talks about different types of charging. They have three different types of charging, yada, 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 and that's what I referenced. So a lot of this was just, a lot of the rest of this was just going from memory. So go in, get get the low down yourself. They're also very nice. Who's able to text me back and forth, which not in an annoying way, which was really nice for me and convenient. They're like, hey, are you still good? And I was like, enjoy. And he was like, hey, you know, just come back whenever. It was really, really fun. Go do it. So lastly, remember you can find us anywhere on, uh, make sure if you like the podcast, I'll do all the good stuff. Go follow us, check out the website linked below as always follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I want you to uh, make your voice heard. So let me know any and all of your thoughts on Tesla. And, uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna come in and rail on them and make judgments, I'm going to say, all right, you need to, you know, my policy about food. Don't, 
you can you can say I don't think I'm gonna like it, but you as long as you say I'm willing to try it because you never know until you try. Uh, same thing, same rule applies here. Which I mean, you could be a Hanyak and say I'm not gonna ever test drive one. I'm just gonna be a hater. Which I'll just label you a Hanyak hater, and that's fine. You're part of the horde, unfortunately. Unfortunately, you know it's like we all have that friend. There's all in the Hanyak horde. There's gonna be plenty of those. So, is what it is. Let me know. Make sure to like and share the show. I want to grow this community, grow the Hanyak Horde. Thank you for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. But that does it for this episode of the Ramley Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.